0: Hello and welcome to 2050 Miles of Poetry with me Lee
1: and me Charlie. Um, It's week four of the lockdown here in the UK and we've had quite a long Easter recess haven't we?
0: (laughs) Sorry, Sorry
1: listeners. (laughs)
0: Although the listeners probably won't be aware of that as we haven't even released the first episode. So this will be a nice <laughs> treat for them.
1: <laughs> it is true. It is true. Um, well, how, how are you feeling in, H- in Helsinki, in London? Lockdown's just been extended for three more weeks. Oh, oh. I'm choosing to see the positive, but there is a deep. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, lockdown here has been extended until 19th of May, which know, that's even May, more similar. than three weeks, isn't it?
1: That's like a month. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: let's see what happens there. But realistically, you're not going to be back in three weeks.
1: I don't think so. I think think they'll just keep extending it here. Yeah. Such is life. At least we're not in America.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, to all our American listeners, we do um, send you our best regards.
1: And we feel for you. (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Trump. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my word. So the uh, political <laughs> podcast begins. <laughs> How are you doing? Otherwise,
1: I'm I'm very well. I'm very well. Yeah, I've been enjoying um, looking at sort of architectural design feeds um, with architectural perverts taking beautiful pictures around c- cities <laughs> of cities completely empty of people, very with nice. just the the beautiful vistas. Yeah. <laughs> it's bringing uh, out all
0: sorts yeah so nothing too perverse there's not like nothing
1: too perverse yeah i've been developing quite a good relationship with my postman on the other hand and i feel like we're now actually at the level of friends
0: (laughs) well that's great (laughs) in charlie towers over there
1: exactly exactly
0: but um maybe we should introduce for new listeners the idea behind the podcast do you want to do that charlie
1: Let's. Um, Well, as you all know, these are very unprecedented times and um, poetry comforts me in London and Lee in Helsinki. And um, we started off by sending each other a couple of poems that um, were giving us a little bit of delight and uh, interest and making the day to day um, more enjoyable. And so we wanted to share that with you. Um, and so I think Lee has a couple to start which he sent me earlier this week
0: Yeah, so I wanted to read some poems by the poet and songwriter David Berman and the one I would like to start off with is called Imagining Defeat She woke me up at dawn her suitcase like a little brown dog at her heels I sat up and looked out the window at the snow falling in the stand of blackjack trees. A bus ticket in her hand. Then she brought something black up to her mouth. A plum, I thought, but it was an asthma inhaler. I reached under the bed for my menthols and she asked me if I ever thought of cancer. I said, yes, but always as a tree way up ahead in the distance where it doesn't matter. And I suppose a dead soul must look back at that tree so far behind his wagon where it also doesn't matter, except as a memory of rest or water. Though to believe any of that, I thought, you have to accept the premise that she woke me up at all. And that's from his 1999 book of poetry called Actual Air. And I'd actually like to read you uh, one other from that book, which I hadn't sent you earlier in the week. But um, knowing what you're going to write, I thought what you're going to read, I thought this was quite appropriate because it covers some of the same themes as... Your poet, but perhaps from a different perspective. So, this is called A Letter from Isaac Asimov to His Wife Janet, written on his deathbed. One night, studying an egg tray in my kitchen, that first novel fell together in my mind apes blowing blood into the air, the robot nymphs dipping their slender metal legs into an ammonia brook. I began those flights from Earth in plywood space capsules, fleeing to a place Satan could not find. That was my hope, getting away from the chain letters, fever, rats, and unemployment, away from the dark uncles that strayed over the globe, cutting brake lines and loosening screws. And as a Jew, I asked myself, What good are hidden things? And as a Jew, I admonished myself for asking. I knew that the best things were hidden, and all of this was said in a private voice, a cousin to the one I used to speak to pets. I am writing this under the illumination of an old American stereo. For once, I don't want to know what the weather forecast is. In fact, I can't bear to hear it. The jealousy would kill me before midnight. Perhaps they will make jokes at Doubleday tomorrow. I can imagine an intern asking, what were his last 10,000 words? I want to know too. From my sick bed, I've seen cellophane rams shimmering in the yard and cardinals that look like quarts of blood balanced in the branches. The doctor calls them apparitions. Perhaps my last words will be random. I'm so drowsy, here listening to the wild dressage of a housefly, thinking about the loyal robots in my paperbacks, thinking about the little chalet I would have built for you on Neptune. A Neptune indiscernible from Vermont. So that's also from Actual Air. And maybe we can talk about it in a little bit.
1: That'd be great. Yeah, I really enjoyed those.
0: How do you want to do this? Should I read some more or do you want to read a couple of yours?
1: Um, would, would you like What would you like to do? Um, I'm prepared if you want to hear mine.
0: Um, yeah, go ahead with yours and then we can come back in. Maybe we, you can read a couple of yours and we can discuss kind of these ones and then we can uh, then read a couple more together and discuss those.
1: That sounds super, that sounds really great. Okay, well, um, another American Jew Um, I will be reading some poems uh, by Leonard Cohen so I will start with some of his songs Um, and I think you actually introduced to me um, the idea that um, where does a poem begin and a song end and vice versa so Leonard Cohen interestingly was a poet first and then a songwriter and we, we have to ask ourselves, why did he make this change? Um, I wonder if it was for money.
0: Uh, yeah, I've also been wondering that because the poet that I am uh, have read as well, He he's also a, a poet and a songwriter. And I think you can describe them just as writers, you know? Is there that much difference if you're writing and it's your craft is writing rather than I wouldn't say that David Berman is a musician and maybe Leonard Cohen isn't really a musician either. They're more writers. Yeah, I think that's
1: really interesting. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, and
1: the wordsmiths, maybe.
0: Yeah. And perhaps, like you say, commercial reasons for...
1: Have necessitated music.
0: it. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, carry on. Mm,
1: very interesting. So I will begin with So Long, Maryam. And um, I think that's quite a good ch- song to start with. Um, when considering this commercialism because it is 190 in Pitchfork's list of 200 greatest songs of the 60s Um, and it sits um, within Songs of Leonard Cohen, his debut album. So long, Marianne. Come over to the window, my little darling. I'd like to try and read your palm. I used to think I was some kind of gypsy boy before I let you take me home. Now so long, Marianne, it's time that we began to laugh and cry and cry and laugh about it all again. Well, you know that I love to live with you, but you make me forget so very much. I forget to pray for the angels, and then the angels forget to pray for us. Now so long, Marianne, it's time that we began to laugh and cry and cry and laugh about it all again. We met when we were almost young, deep in the green lilac park. You held on to me like I was a crucifix, and we went kneeling through the dark, oh, so long, Marianne. It's time that we began to laugh and cry and cry and laugh about it all again. Your letters they all say that you're beside me now. then why do I feel alone? I'm standing on a ledge, and your fine spider web is fastening my ankle to a stone. now, so long, Marianne. It's time that we began to laugh. And cry, and cry, and laugh about it all again. For now I need your hidden love, I'm cold as a new razor blade. You left when I told you I was curious, I never said that I was brave. Oh, so long, mary It's time that we began to laugh, and cry, and cry, and laugh about it all again. Oh, you are really such a pretty one, I see you've gone and changed your name again. And just when I climbed this whole mountainside, to wash my eyelids in the rain. Oh, so long, Marianne. It's time that we began to laugh and cry and cry, and laugh about it all again. So that's "So Long, Marianne" by Leonard Cohen, um, and I wanted to pick um, another of this writer's songs, which perhaps is a poem. Um, And um, interestingly, I'd found this um, online, um, published um, by, I think it was a Guardian um, writer. And they'd said um, this was a poem in their mind, um, which was sort of um, getting them through the times that we live in at the moment. Um, So I will pick that up. And that is Anthem by Leonard Cohen. Okay, great anthem the birds they sang at the break of day start again i heard them say don't dwell on what has passed away or what is yet to be yeah the wars they will be fought again the holy dove she will be caught again bought and sold and bought again the dove is never free ring the bells ring the bells that still can ring forget your perfect offering there's a crack in everything there's a crack in everything that's how the light gets in Oh, I've just had a post, something delivered by my postman. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Thank you.
0: That's that relationship you were talking about.
1: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) We asked for signs, the signs were sent, the birth betrayed, the marriage spent. Yeah, the widowhood of every government, signs for all to see. I can't run no more with the lawless crowd, while the killers in high places say their prayers out loud. But they've summoned, they've summoned up a thundercloud, and they're going to him from me. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. You can add up the parts, you won't have the sum. You can strike up the march, there is no drum. Every heart, every heart to love will come, but like a refuge. G. Ring the bells that still can ring, forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Ring the bells that still can ring, ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. There is a crack in everything, that's how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in.
0: Mm, I really like that
1: yeah I really like that Um, so I would implore uh, the listeners actually to listen to these songs and to hear how differently they sound um, due to the difference perhaps in my voice um, to the sort of the resonant uh, drawl of Cohen's Mm. and um, what music adds to these because that in itself is quite interesting. Sort of how these poems are elevated into this into a song. Uh, for me, um, I wonder how the process works. Perhaps the poem begins, and then uh, is is a chorus inserted because that to me mm. is the technique that turns it into the song. It's it's a repetition and the addition of the music. Yeah, there's definitely you're... an
0: aspect what of repetition think... in the Leonard Cohen's work, isn't there? Yeah, mm. there, there um... very much is. Yeah, Um, I think with David Berman, I read some of his songs in a second, but at least with the poems, I would say they they're much more. uh, They have a much higher aspect of prose in them than his songs do. For example, they don't rhyme really. The poems they don't really have as stringent rhythm as the songs. Um, Perhaps that's a bit of a generalization because some of the songs also don't have a rhythm but most of them rhyme at least. Um, but yeah, I think talking about these, the kind of two songs that you just read in the poems that I just read, I think they definitely cover some similar themes. Like there's a concern with religion and there's a kind of romantic concern like both the imagining defeat is kind of clearly about a relationship. And so was so long, Marianne. Um, And they're kind of different takes on the same themes because I guess there's over thirty years between the two writers writing. So the one that I just read, a letter from Isaac Asimov to his wife Janet, written on his deathbed. That Mm -hmm. is an imagined Isaac. Isaac Asimov was a Jewish novelist, and this is clearly David Berman imagining his thoughts. He was a science fiction writer, and. I think you can kind of see possibly David Berman projecting some of his thoughts about uh, religion and Judaism uh, through the kind of vessel of this imagined letter that a novelist might write. So he's yeah, interesting. Sorry, sorry.
1: No, as you were saying.
0: Well, I think he's making some allusions to kind of Mossad and things with this dark uncles that strayed over the globe, cutting brake lines and loosening screws. And there's this idea of kind of uh, using literature to distract yourself from kind of evils in the world. Uh, this was my hope, getting away from the chain letters, fever, rats and unemployment, away from the dark uncles that strayed over the globe, cutting brake lines and loosening screws. And I think I he that...
1: also refers to um, soldiers in his paperbacks in one of the the, uh, the Yeah, that's true. That Loyal robots in first? my
0: paperbacks. Yeah. So, um, and I know that David Berman had quite a varying relationship with Judaism through his life, so I think he started off uh, as not really particularly practising, and later in life uh, he found religion again, and I'm not sure at what point he is in that trajectory when he's writing this poem in 1999, I think he still hasn't re-found his faith, Um, but Yeah, I think it's interesting this idea of kind of using literature as salvation from some of these darker things in the world. I know that also his um, father was a lobbyist for the Republican government in in America and he was kind of responsible for like lobbying the government on behalf of big kind of cigarette corporations and things like that and I think that David Berman had a big problem with that and I kind of see some some links between this idea of using literature and, and things as an escape from things about the world that you can't really cope with.
1: Mm. I wonder if you could also read um, Self-Portrait at 28 from the book um, because I wonder if that gives us a, a, a more of an insight as well into um, Berman's character.
0: Let me just find that one. Self-Portrait at 28. I know it's a bad title, but I'm giving it to myself as a gift. On a day nearly cancelled by sunlight, when the entire hill is approaching, the ideal of Virginia, broached with golden rod and loblolly, and I think, at least I have not woken up with a bloody knife in my hand, by then having absently wandered 100 yards from the house while still seated in this chair with my eyes closed. It is a certain hill, The one i imagine when i hear the word hill and if the apocalypse turns out to be a worldwide nervous breakdown if our five billion minds collapse at once well i'd call that a surprise ending and this hill would still be beautiful a place i wouldn't mind dying alone or with you
1: it is a nice poem and i suppose that picks up on themes that you're talking about as well
0: yeah definitely and kind of relevant to now it's weird because now you read everything with this prism of our current situation
1: you definitely do and I suppose that's the beautiful thing about poetry and and why I think thought that poem was um nice and also um Cohen's the anthem it's about sort of you know letting the light in letting the nature Mm. in sort of what are those little slithers of delight that we're all allowing ourselves even in this prism as you say
0: keeping hope exactly Yeah, and I think that kind of links to the next um, piece by David Berman that I'd like to read, which is a song, uh, not a poem. And this was released in 1998, so a year before those other ones that I read. And this is from the Silver Jews album. Silver Jews is the name of the band which she founded. Um, The Silver Jews album, American Water, and the song's called People. And I think that this is also a kind of slightly more hopeful song about the nature of humanity and things like that so here we go moments can be monuments to you if your life is interesting and true it's just the same for a man or a girl the meaning of the world lies outside the world people love people and they understand if you want to renovate your background mind a federal woman needs a municipal man people got to synchronize to animal time you can't change the feeling but you can change your feeling about the feelings in a second or two. People always come around. I'm studying the ceiling on a little afternoon, and when I paint my dining room, people gonna come around. I love to see a rainbow from a garden hose, lit up like the blood of a centrefold. I love the city and the city rain, suburban kids with biblical names. People ask people to watch their scotch. People send people up to the moon. When they return? Well, there isn't much. People be careful not to crest too soon. The drums march along at the clip of an ivy drip, like sparks from a muffler dragged down the strip. I really hope you'll come around. It's sunny and 75, feels so good to be alive. Come on, baby, don't stay inside. Everybody's coming out tonight. So it's kind of, for me, that's like a a bit of a bittersweet vision of uh, hope for when this whole situation is over. We can all go outside, feel good to be and alive and go to
1: america <laughs> yeah maybe
0: go to america
1: <laughs> I, 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 there are so many american little images as well it yeah. does just take me right there you know federal municipals mm. um serbia um the strip
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah i like that uh the kind of rhythm and rhyme that's a good example that's not really in his poetry uh, but it's definitely in the songs. So, those two lines the drums march along at the clip of an ivy drip, like sparks from a muffler down, dragged down the strip. I think that's yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah.
1: And um, interestingly, so I listened to these songs and mm. um, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting them to be set to quite an indie form of music. So, there's okay. quite a lot of guitar. I mm. wasn't expecting that. And that's what I thought was quite interesting from you having read this. Um, to me as a poem yeah Um, I couldn't even envisage what type of music it was going to be set to Mm. and I think the music completely changes the feel or adds to it it gives it sort of an indie sunny vibe which feels very relevant to London at the moment but I wasn't expecting that
0: yeah I mean that album in particular American Water it's kind of a country album you know like a kind of um, Americana independent Americana I would say or a kind of yeah, indie slant, outsider slant on traditional kind of American country music. And it definitely increases that feeling of uh, Americanness that's in the words. Yeah, I mm. would definitely agree with that. Brilliant. Um,
1: the... Sorry, have you got an, an, another Shall one? Shall I, I read us? the
0: last one? Yeah.
1: That would be wonderful. Yes,
0: please. So the last one that I wanted to read uh, was released last year. And It's from an album called Purple Mountains, which is also uh, by a project that he was calling Purple Mountains. Uh, And that was released in July 2019. And here we go. Well, I don't like talking to myself, but someone's got to say it. Hell, I mean, things have not been going well. This time, I think I finally fucked myself. You see, the life I live is sickening. I spent a decade playing chicken with Oblivion. Day to day I'm neck and neck with giving in, I'm the same old wreck I've always been. And when I see her in the park, it barely merits a remark. How we stand the standard distance, distant strangers stand apart. Of course I've been humbled by the void, much of my faith has been destroyed. I've been forced to watch my foes enjoy ceaseless feasts of schadenfreude. And as the pace of life keeps quickening beneath the bitching and the bickering, when I try to drown my thoughts in gin, I find my worst ideas know how to swim. Well, a setback can be a setup for a comeback if you don't let up, but this kind of hurting won't heal. And the end of all wanting is all I've been wanting, and that's just the way that I feel. I met failure in Australia, I fell ill in Illinois, I nearly lost my genitalia to an anthill in Des Moines. I was so far gone in Fargo, South Dakota, got annoyed. That's the shit I'm talking about when I talk to you about ceaseless feasts of Schadenfreude. And a setback can be a setup. For a comeback if you don't let up. But this kind of hurting won't heal. And the end of all wanting is all I've been wanting. And that's just the way that I feel. And I find those lyrics uh, really sad and really um, kind of honest. And it's made particularly kind of hard because two months later uh, he died. So he committed suicide. And I think that that whole album is just a kind of portrait of of depression, really. And he's kind of got a sense of humor about it, but he's he's clearly struggling.
1: Do you do you think that he was still struggling with depression when he re- wrote uh, the nineteen ninety nine Actual Air? Do you think that that is pre- prevalent in any of the words? Yeah, or I think there?
0: so. Yeah, I think um, I think that. I've heard interviews with him where he's spoken about kind of having treatment-resistant depression, and I think that he's probably struggled with that for his whole life. And But he's found an amazing way of articulating it, um, which I think is really quite amazing because it's so hard to articulate those kind of feelings in words that don't sound cheesy or don't sound um, somehow overly dramatic or something he's kind of very honest and very heartfelt but also somehow just the words that he uses are so direct
1: yeah well um i read a little bit about um i also read his obituary and mm. um it spoke about um some of these projects that he was involved in and my mm. understanding was that um the Purple Mountain, for 10 years he didn't create any work, is that rightly?
0: Yeah, so he had a decade after the last Silver Jew's album, which I think was in 2009. Then he spent a decade uh, in oblivion, as that poem says. And uh, I think during that time he was trying to write a book about his father to try and, like, uh, right the wrongs that his father had done and um, kind of bring bring about some knowledge of the lobbying movement and things like that, but he never really kind of managed to actually write it. I think there's a certain amount of what we were talking about earlier with kind of money pressures and needing to to make money, and that's in some ways possibly why the new album came out last year.
1: Yeah. Or, or was it then also that uh, his 2019 album... Uh, My understanding was that the Purple Mountains only existed for a couple of months.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, it was a project basically just to release those songs, I think.
1: Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed those. And I I think his way with words is um, very beautiful and and very honest, as you say. Hmm. I have prepared um, another poem by Leonard Cohen. um, And this is from... um, his poetry book, The Book of Longing. The Book of Longing. I can't make the hills, the system is shot. I'm living on pills, for which I thank God. I followed the course from chaos to art, desire the horse, depression the cart. I sailed like a swan, I sank like a rock, but time is long gone, past my laughing stock. My page was too white, my ink was too thin, The day wouldn't write what the night penciled in. My animal howls, my angels upset, but I'm not allowed a trace of regret. For someone will use what I couldn't be. My heart will be hers impersonally. She'll step on the path, she'll see what I mean. My will cut in half, my freedom between. For less than a second, our lives will collide. The endless suspended, the door open wide. Then she will be born to someone like you, what no one has done, she'll continue to do. I know she is coming, I know she will look, and that is the longing, and this is the book. Mm. So it sounds to me like Cohen perhaps experienced similar issues, uh, but I don't know the detail of them, Um, Mm. and I know... um, he also shut himself off from the world for a period of time and he went and lived um, in, a, in a monastic retreat for a long time, okay. uh, which is quite interesting. Um, but the reason I actually chose this poem and this book um, on the theme of um, music and words and how they're connected um, between poems and songs Interestingly, um, Philip Glass, the composer, set this entire book of poetry to music or used a couple of uh, poems from it and set them to music, which is quite interesting, which completely okay. changes the feeling again. Yeah. And um, obviously that's a different type of music which is being applied. It's sort of a lot of piano and um quite an instrumental type which is mm. very different to um, the twang of guitars yeah. in the country indie or the folkiness mm. of cohen's normal mm. work um, so i just think it's interesting um, how words can be warped by their context
0: yeah definitely who was reading the poems when they were set to philip glass cohen
1: cohen himself reads them
0: mm with both Cohen and Berman, they've got in some ways similar voices, haven't they? They've both got this deep baritone voice and that's kind of a superficial thing, but they've also got a rhythm that isn't very singerish. I don't think. I think it's the way very they... It's really slow. Yeah, it's slow and it's, at least with Berman and I think with Cohen as well, the, the rhythm is just strange. Like some, sometimes you read the words... And you can't really see how they, how they would have a rhythm or how they would kind of rhyme or something. But then when you hear the song, they kind of fit into the, there's kind of weird pauses or they miss a beat and then the words come in kind of on the offbeat or something that then makes the rhythm, which I think is quite interesting and maybe something that you don't get so much with someone who isn't, is not primarily a writer. I'm not sure. I think they think about rhythm in a different way than a musician does.
1: Yeah, or maybe somebody singing somebody else's song. I wonder. Yeah. Perhaps yeah maybe that's the, true. The, the, perhaps the artist, when they've written the song, they they or the poem, they want to, in a way, um, give it a further twist of creativity when it becomes this other entity. I mm. wonder if that's a, a sort of a design consideration they take on board.
0: Yeah, I read somewhere because I did a little bit of reading about Cohen as well that in the in his first album. Some of those had previously been poems. They'd previously been published as poems, and then he kind of set them to music. And apparently he did some editing, and there's some kind of minor differences between the poems and the, and the songs. Like some of the lines are combined to make shorter lines, some of the words are dropped and things. And it would be interesting to know why that is, whether he just took the opportunity to do another layer of editing or whether he was doing that to make them fit better to music and change the rhythm. That would be interesting to know.
1: That would be very interesting. Yes. Well, maybe we'll do a little bit of research and um, come back to the listeners um, with that in the, in the podcast notes. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) Brilliant.
0: What do you think um, of Cohen's music? Like the ones that you've, the ones that you've read today that were songs, do you prefer them as words or do you prefer them as songs?
1: I think they're very beautiful in both ways. I I Mm. personally really enjoy it, but for this project, I've listened to a lot more music by Cohen, and personally, it grows on me. But I know that um, a lot of people um, are not fond of the slowness of it, and they're not Mm. used to sort of music being such a slow drawl. But I really enjoy that. So, um, what do you think? Are you a a fan of Cohen's music? Like you are the the Jews.
0: I also haven't listened to like a huge amount of Cohen, and just listening to those songs that you sent. I listened to some live versions of them on YouTube, things like that, which was quite nice. And at least with Anthem, I don't know how the recorded version starts, but he basically starts by reading the lyrics and then the the music kind of comes in later. So that's quite interesting as well. He's obviously that's is kind of playing with the idea that it is a poem or the words are most important. I definitely think that's a difference in approach to music and writing is whether the writing the words are the most important thing or whether the music is like definitely I read some interviews with musicians where they kind of take an approach that the music is the most important thing that's where the depth is and the words are just there to kind of fill. that's the where melody. the light
1: comes in Lee <laughs> yeah that's
0: where the light comes in and then the words are just there to fill the melody but then I'd feel probably with both Cohen and Berman it's a different thing the words are the yeah. most important thing and the music is just a kind of vehicle for that
1: and with both of them, the writing is also so intensely personal. And mm. so you can see that through all the imagery that they build in, which takes from their life and all the women they talk about, which are, are their experiences. Um, yeah, and perhaps you wouldn't get that to the same extent with other artists.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Berman especially has, I don't know about Cohen because I'm not so familiar with his work, but he's definitely got these kind of weird observations or a weird way of seeing things. Like in one of the songs, he talks about a pair of corduroy trousers, and he talks about them being gutters to take the rain off his body. Like, which is just a kind of such a strange thing to even think. But I really enjoy that kind of observations.
1: Yeah, no, I really enjoy that as well. And um, with, what I think you didn't know when you originally proposed some um, David Berman poems is that I also have the book of Actual Air, which oh, really? was quite a nice wow. treat. But I have it. it's not a heavily thumbed one of my poetry books actually, but I really Mm. enjoyed looking in it. And um, one poem I hoped you could um, read to the listeners um, is The Moon by David Berman, which is on page 26.
0: I actually don't have the book.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, or shall I read it then?
0: Maybe you should read it. Yeah, maybe that would be nice.
1: The Moon, page 26. A web of sewer, pipe and wire connects each house to the others. In 206, a dog sleeps by the stove where a small gas leak causes him to have visions. Visions that are rooted in nothing but gas. Next door, a man who has decided to buy a car, part by part, excitedly unpacks a wheel and an ashtray. He arranges them every which way. It's really beginning to take shape. Out the garage window, he sees a group of ugly children enter the forest, their mouths like coin slots. A neighbour plays keyboards in a local cover band, preparing for an engagement at the high school prom. They pack their equipment in silence. Last night they played the police academy ball and all the officers slow dance with target range silhouettes. This year, the theme for the prom is the tetragrammaton. A yellow corsair sails through the disco parking lot and swaying palms presage the lot of young libertines. Inside the car, a young lady wears a corsage of bullet-sized rodents. Her date, the handsome cornerback, stretches his talons over the moulded steering wheel. They park and walk into the lush, starlit gardens behind the disco, just as the band is stirring up. Their keen eyes and ears twitch. The other couples look brilliant tonight. They stroll around listening to brilliant conversation, the passionate speeches. Clouds drift across the silverware. There is red larkspur, blue gum and ivy. A boy kneels before his date. And the moon, I forgot to mention the moon. <laughs> I enjoy yeah. that because, as you as you say, sort of um, his uh, actual air is full of poetry books, which are just sort of uh, very vivid descriptions and uh, sort of snippets of life. And I really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, they're essentially prose, aren't they? Exactly, and that is. Um, that's like really funny <laughs> there's definitely a lot of humor in the in the poems
1: exactly kind of tragic I enjoy humor. The, sorry and tragic humor as you say yeah and I enjoy the fact that he's completely avoided the moon and um maybe maybe I can read to you um one last poem by Leonard Cohen
0: yeah go and ahead. I'd be
1: interested as as somebody that studied English literature if you could compare them for us okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: So where did you get the actual airbook then quickly?
1: Oh, interestingly, I, I was given it as a present a very long time ago. And okay. um, I think my father gave it to me perhaps, or perhaps I ordered it online because I thought the the front graphic was interesting mm. because it has, um, speaking of those um, architectural images with no people in it, it has um, two buildings, some trees and some grass with no pe- people in it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, Do you perhaps know which city even, it is?
1: What city is it,
0: Lee? I don't know. <laughs> Let's Google <figure> it. Out.
1: <laughs> well, it might be Virginia because he's a Virginian poet, perhaps. Um, I'm not sure. It doesn't look like New York.
0: Let's have a look, quick look. See if it says on Wikipedia.
1: So while you're looking, um, I will read the Leonard Cohen poem, Great. "The Moon." Fantastic. The Moon. The moon is outside. I saw the great uncomplicated thing when I went to take a leap just now. I should have looked at it longer. I am a poor lover of the moon. I see it all at once and that's it for me and the moon.
0: Mm. (laughs) Read it one more time.
1: The moon. The moon is outside. I saw the great uncomplicated thing when I went to take a leap just now. I should have looked at it longer I am a poor lover of the moon I see it all at once and that's it for me and the moon
0: (laughs) it's quite similar isn't it (laughs) there's the uh, again it's quite funny and there's this kind of um, reference to a leak (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah I like that is that a poem or a song that's a poem Mm. what year was that one from
1: Oh, Lee, you're challenging me. Okay, well, I will look up the, the year um, the moon was written while you tell um, us a little bit about the front cover to actual air.
0: Yeah, so I wasn't able to find it.
1: But oh it was. no. Oh, maybe,
0: here we go. I think it might be Atlanta, Georgia.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I wondered if it was Dallas because there's a, a, Sil- a silver juice song called Dallas where he talks about the buildings a lot. He talks about these buildings made of mirrors how did you turn a billion stairs into buildings made of mirrors and why am I drawn to you tonight? So that's kind of about um, the fields being made into these kind of shining skyscrapers and things. And again, kind of nice imagery.
1: That's beautiful. Well, um, that might be a good time to um, end the podcast because I can't find when the moon was written, but we will include that in the show notes as well.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure.
1: It has been a complete joy, Lee. And um, <laughs> what will you do with the rest of the day in Helsinki? Oh, we didn't discuss the weather. Is it, is it sunny?
0: Well, it's, the weather has been completely crazy the last few days because basically it's been snowing at night and then I wake up and it's like this winter wonderland. And then by the time it gets to the afternoon, the sky has been clear blue and the sun has been so hot in the flat that it's been almost unbearable and I've had all the windows open. And then again, it snows in the night and it's like winter wonderland when you wake up.
1: Very so, surreal. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's very strange. So I think I'll just go for a little walk. I'm going to do some painting. <laughs>
1: oh, wow. Very lovely. And, and yeah. um, what what medium will you paint with, Lee? Uh, gouache. Gouache. OK, yeah. wonderful. I might, I might also do some watercolours. There you go.
0: Very nice. Very nice. We'll have to very share nice. those <laughs> with the listeners. <laughs> perhaps,
1: perhaps. I'm sure they'll
0: be very keen to see. <laughs>
1: Well, this has been a pleasure. Over and out. Aloha. Bye.